David, thank you so much. Well, a standing ovation of three. That can't get any better than that, can it? It cannot get any better than that. Thank you so much for your extremely warm welcome. It's always a, a privilege to, to come to this house. It really is. As I look across, as I scan across the, the congregation with my new glasses on, I can now see you better than I did last time I came. And uh, just to see some uh, familiar faces and to be part of this uh, occasion. When, when your pastor contacted me uh, towards the early part of last week and he said, Ian, uh, would it be uh, permissible for you to come on the Sunday morning and just share into the house, uh, obviously, the, the journey that the family have uh, been going on. We've, uh, we've journeyed every day with them on that, just as a local church here. And we've uh, longed for the, the reports and the stories and the updates. So first thing in the morning, contact Aaron to find out what, what's happening. He says, uh, would, I, would I come? Because with him, with the dad of the house not being here, uh, let's bring the granddad in. So, uh, so I, I said to him, well, I, I could come and my, my son could come or some of my other team members. And he kind of, there was a slight hesitation in his voice. He says, no, he said, I would really like it if you came. So, so that's why we're here, because we're family. We're family. We may be a different church heading, a, a different church name, but at the end of the day, we're family. And when, when family needs family, guess what? Family turns up. And, and I just want to really commend you as a, as a local church here today for your, your heart, for your spirit, for the way that you have supported Aaron and Rachel and the family. Um, it's times like this we really appreciate that support. It really is. And so I, I was uh, sat in my, my office at home just uh, contemplating, thinking, what shall I, what shall I share th this morning? And I, I want to share some lessons from the storm. Is that Okay. Is there anybody in the house this morning who may be going through a storm? Well, there's a few honest people here this morning. But I would anticipate in a congregation such as this and from past experiences that there are seasons and times when we as individuals go through storms, when we as the collective group called church that go through storms, and uh, I want to just speak into that this morning because I, I really sense that I, I'm not just coming to share a word to tickle one's ears, but I've come to, to provoke a response this morning and to stir something in your heart. Is that okay? Brilliant. I want you to open your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles with you this morning, to, to Mark chapter 4. The, the words will come up onto the screen as well, which is the next uh, screen to come. And we'll, we'll read this together, but whilst you're finding it, uh, I, I, I love Burnley, all right? I, I've got a real passion for Burnley. Uh, Burnley is the birthplace of my grandfather. Burnley is the premiership football team that I support. At least we're in the premiership. Exeter aren't, <laughs> all right? Um, Burnley uh, Church is pastored by a great friend of mine, uh, um, Jeff, Pastor Jeff Brunson. So Jeff and I are, are, are great mates, so, so there's a real sense, and in two weeks' time, I have the International Director of PACE, Paul Gibbs, with me at my church, and uh, Paul and I did our training together. So it's like coming home, it really is. And then the pastor from Rwanda this morning, I was in Rwanda with Compassion just a few, week, a few years ago, and I had a great time just exploring your 
wonderful city there. But we're going to, to read this together. Can everybody see it on the screen? I'm going to watch those lights because they're brand new and I don't want to fall over them. <laughs> Jesus calms the storm. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind, brackets, although other boats followed, bracket. But soon a fierce storm came. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. It's okay for Jesus, isn't it? Uh, the disciples woke him and said, shouting, teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I want to speak into the heart of the church this morning, but not just to you as a lovely church family, but I want to speak into the individual hearts this morning as well, because every one of us in this room experiences storms. Uh, storms come in a variation of shape and size. Storms can affect one's health. Storms can affect you physically and psychologically. Storms can affect you financially. And storms can have a massive impact on you emotionally. And storms can also impact us relationally. Can anybody in this room this morning nod their heads in a sense of, yes, I, I understand that, Ian. I, I, I can relate to some of those kind of descriptions of, of storms. If in doubt, and you don't necessarily know the, the word or the definition of a word, you can always go to Google. Or you can always go to the dictionary and the, the word storm simply means this, a violent disturbance of the atmosphere. Atmosphere is those moments that we, those seasons that we find ourselves walking in. As I look across the congregation this morning, I'm going to be vulnerable this morning. There are storms in our lives, Jackie's life, my life, and our four children, and our one grandson. And we have two grandchildren to be born in the next few weeks. A very expensive Christmas about to arrive in our household. It really is a very expensive Christmas. But there are storms that are in my public world. You, you may be aware of them, others will be aware of them, but there are storms that change the atmosphere of what I'm living and what I'm breathing. There are other storms that are more secret, storms that I will not tell you about, storms that I hold dearly to my heart, storms that I walk through. And we can look across our experiences and we can see those private storms and those public storms. As I read this uh, story in the, in the Gospels, it's recorded in Mark, which we read, but also recorded in Matthew and also recorded in the Gospel of Luke. In one of the translations, it says this, there was a, a squall that hit the boat. That, that word squall simply means this. It means an isolated storm, a storm which is peculiar to one setting or a, a peculiar to, to one group of people. It doesn't necessarily affect everybody, but it just affects that individual. Isn't it interesting that you can be part of a lovely church family and everything's going really well, but you're having a squall of a storm in your life? 
that the, the waves are crashing in, the wind is blowing against one, and you just feel that it's okay for everybody else, but what about me? And if you're truthful this morning, and I want to be honest with you this morning, have you ever asked yourself, where is God in the midst of this storm? When you have those unanswered questions during the, the storm, you, you sense an absence of God, and it raises, it stirs, it motivates, it provokes, it agitates the question, where is, is God? And maybe sometimes, like me, you ask yourself the question, is God really with me? Is God really with us? And I, I think of the, the story of, of Job. If, you, if you're having a bad day, read the book of Job, and all of a sudden your day becomes a lot more better than it was before. But we see that the life of Job, he has this tsunami kind of storm that impacts him. His wealth's affected, his health's affected. His family, on, on one day, all his donkeys were stolen. The next day, everything was barbecued through the fire that fell from heaven. We, we then see his camels were stolen. We see his sons and his daughters were, were killed in a, in a tragic uh, incident in the home. And then we see that his health and his well-being is affected. And I kind of guess that sometimes Job would have sat there on, in, in that kind of mess that he found himself in and asking, where is, is God? I discovered this, that sometimes in the midst of storms, you don't see things correctly. That everything becomes distorted, everything becomes blurred. And, and you don't really see anything, but that's when the scripture says this, that we don't live by sight or by what we see, but we live according to our faith. We don't walk by sight, but we walk by, by faith. I, I love other translations of that, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We live by believing and not by, by seeing. I'd like to make a declaration in this house this morning that might take some of you by surprise. God is always at his best in your storm. God does his best work in the midst of your, your storms. You read the Bible. Or take some personal testimonies from others in this room. God is at his best work during your storm. Max Licardo said this, and I just quote it this morning. But it's in the storms that God does his finest work. For it's in the storm God has your keenest attention. I love the... The words of the psalmist, that, that wonderful psalmist David, as he penned those wonderful psalms right throughout his, that book, it says this in Psalm 22, verse 13. And I'm going to, to throw a number of scriptures at you this morning to help you put it into context. But Psalm 22, verse 13 says this, O Lord, you inhabit the praises of your, your people. So as we praise him, as we sing, as we praise him in the midst of our storm, he inhabits that. But I love it when David was going through his hard times. He said this, God is my refuge and he's my strength. He's the very present help in the times of my trouble. He, he knew what it was to personalize this relationship that he had with, with God, his father, God, his creator. And understand in the midst of his troubled season, his storms he knew what it was to have an ever-present help. Aren't you grateful this morning that the storm of sickness that's hit this house through the impacting of your pastor's family, we can experience the ever-present help in the time of our trouble. 
that, that God can speak into us, that God can create something afresh and anew and can liven up things, can cause the dead bones to come alive, can cause a shaking and a rattling, can, can cause something because he's the ever-present help in the times of trouble. I was fascinated as I began to read through Scripture to help us this morning when I turned to Isaiah 43, verses 2, and a few other verses following that. When you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. Listen to that, church. When you go through the storm, he'll be with you. When I go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not burn up, for the flames will not consume you. Now, I don't know about you, that sounds like a storm to me. That, that sounds like a tsunami that impacts community, impacts individuals, brings massive chaos but we have a God that speaks and helps us through those, those moments. I want to bring some truth before I bring some lessons this morning. Oftentimes in the mix of our storm, we can become more aware of the storm than we are of an awareness of the God who's with us in the storm. That we can be in the boat like the disciples and all that they're taken up with is they're taken up with the waves crashing, the wind blowing and the, the, the spray of the sea coming into the boat and they became aware of that, yet they had lost sight of Jesus who was in the boat with them. I want to encourage us this morning, turn your eyes to Jesus. To turn your eyes and your focus away from the stuff that would try to trouble you. And focus on the one who can bring comfort in the midst of your, your storm. Is this okay for you this morning? We're going to have... Five lessons. It's only five lessons, so it's not very long, sir, so don't worry. But each five lessons has 15 points connected to it, so we may be here for a bit longer. <laughs> the first lesson I want you to listen to is simply this, that storms come to us unexpectedly. If we knew that the storm was coming, guess what? We'd batten down the hatches. We would create a safe environment. We would make sure that everything was okay. But I've discovered this in my my walk with God, and I gave my life to Jesus at the age of five, and I'm 54 now. I only look 35, but I'm 54 now. <laughs> that was a very sinister laugh on the, from the second and the third row there. But storms come to us unexpectedly. Even when I've known I've been in the will of God, I've still experienced a storm. But surely, even if you're walking in the will of God, you don't experience any storms. Now, there are some storms I've introduced into my life myself because I've walked in disobedience to God. And because I've walked in disobedience, God's allowed a storm to come into my life to redirect me back onto the path. Jonah being an example. But there's been times in pastoring the local church in Torquay for 25 years and pastoring in painting for 10 years prior to that, and journeying with some great men and women across our nation, I've been in a storm, even when I've known I've been in the very center of God's will. When I've been in the palm of his hand, I don't want to be a prophet of doom this morning, but I want to say this to you, you are either approaching a storm, you're either going through a storm, or you're just coming out of a storm. It's called life. Let me... Let me let me repeat that to you because I want that to drop. You're either approaching a storm, going through a storm, or just coming out of a storm. 
It's called life. The gospel's filled with examples and illustrations of, of moments and times when the disciples found themselves in a storm kind of moment. I think of the time when Jesus has just fed 5,000 men with a few loaves and a few fishes. He's fed them, that they're, they're satisfied, that they've had a, a wonderful kind of all-you-can-eat buffet. And they've just enjoyed that moment. And what we, we see in this moment is that Jesus then says to them, I'm going to go over here to his disciples. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pray. And I'll catch up with you in the morning. And we see that Jesus informs him instruction to get into the boat. And as they get into the boat, they make their way across the lake and they get halfway. And when they get halfway, a storm hits that boat on this occasion. And as Jesus looks to them, he sees that they are rowing hard. They're working hard to get to the place where they, they want to be. And what we see is that Jesus begins to walk to them on the water. They are fearful of what they're seeing. And then they invite Jesus into the boat. Even when Jesus had instructed them to get into the boat and to journey to the other side, the will of the master, they still experienced a storm. I think I got some revelation from this uh, verse, Chris, when I was just thinking about that. I, I, I see that in the midst of the storm, the disciples really worked hard. It says that they rode vigorously. I've discovered this, that when I'm in a storm, when I work harder, the storm gets worse. But when I'm rowing vigorously to get somewhere, I don't get to where I want to be. But the secret is simply this, when you invite Jesus back into the boat... All of that hard work just seems to dissipate and disappear. And you end up in the place where you want to be. Does that make sense for anybody in this room today? The second little thought I want to share here is this. And we've sung it this morning as and in the team led us this morning. Storms expose our fears and trigger faith. Wow. In the midst of the storm, there's, there's, there's been moments when fear has gripped my heart. I felt like I'm having one of those kind of anxiety moments when my heart is being gripped and squeezed and, and squashed and, and everything around me just seems to be falling to bits and falling apart because the storm seems to be dictating to me. But there comes a time when you have to stand and say, hey, no longer is this storm going to generate fear. I'm going to allow this storm to trigger faith. Fear. Come onto the slide will help us a little bit. I trust it's the next slide that comes up here. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Times when the storm just seems to be so big. But faith kicks in. Come on, let's have this one. Faith is forsaking all others. I trust in him. So whatever the storm may be this morning, I want to encourage you to, to trust in him. Don't allow the storm to create fear, but allow the storm to trigger and generate faith for every one of us in this room. God can do all things. Nothing is impossible for him. You, you see, the storm also reveals our foundation. What, what are we building one's life upon? What are we building our faith upon? You, you see the the guys in the, in the Gospels, there were two men who built a house. One built his house upon the rock, another one built his house upon the sand. The foundation was completely different, but the storm was the same. The storm came to the house on the sand, and the storm also came to the house on the rock. 
But it was only the foundation upon the rock that sustained the house and caused it to grow. So guys, I want you to, to begin to examine your foundation as you are in a storm, approaching a storm, or coming out of a storm. Begin to explore that a little bit. Am I helping anybody? Give me a wave if I'm helping you this morning. Okay, we've gone from three to six now. We're doing okay. <laughs> Another little point I wanted to share this morning is this. It's the third point. Let's bring that one up onto the screen if we can, please. Storms bring people together. <laughs> the storm identifies who's your friends. True friends. Storms begin to identify who your family is. It begins to identify, reveal to you who's with you and who's not with you. How do I know that? Because I've been there, been in the storm. And what surprises me, guys, on the front row is simply this. Is, it fascinates me is those that I expect to be with me aren't with me. And those that I don't expect, guess what? They're the ones that are there in the, in the storm with, with, with me. You, you see, storms bring family together. That's why I'm here this morning. Because we're family. No, no hassles, easy to change. Oh, yeah, change that, you do this, I'll do that, I'll go there. Why? Well, because the storms brought the family together. Brought the old granddad to the house. Storm even brings communities together. If there's a, a, chaos, a chaotic kind of moment in our community, if, there, if there's a fire or if there's a, a flood or, or if there's a need and we all begin to identify the need, guess what? All of a sudden, community agencies work together. Why? Because the storm has created an identity. The, the, the storm has created cohesion. Can, can I use a, a biblical word? It brings a togetherness. And storms in families and storms in church communities and storms in communities outside of the four walls of our churches. When there's a storm, it brings a togetherness. Working in harmony, working in partnership. There's a cohesiveness and a cohesion that actually works to, together. I'm going to introduce a, an Ian Williams word. Is that okay? You've had words according to Google. You've had words according to the dictionary. Now you're having an Ian Williamism. Stickability. Bring some stickability to a house. Velcro moments where there's a connectivity and a connection. There really is. I want to bring some examples of that this morning. I love these glasses. I can't see the time at the back. I don't know whether I'm on schedule or not. I think of Ruth and Naomi. Storm. The loss of husbands. The loss of a father-in-law. Famine, storm, storm, storm. One of the daughter-in-law said, I'm going home. The other one said, hey, I'm sticking with you. We're going to get through this storm together. We're, we're, we're going to persevere this. We're, we're, we're going to journey together. And the, the, the terminology, the language of Ruth to Naomi is, is beautiful. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That is the language of family when they stick together through the storm. One of the privileges of being a local church pastor, and there is no greater privilege than being a local church pastor, had the opportunity to grace many platforms in this country and in different countries, but there is nothing more, benef nothing more fulfilling than gracing the platform of your own local church. 
when you journey through people's storms with them. We're going to walk this one together. Going to hold your hand, you're going to hold my hand. If you go down, I'm going down with you. And it's always good to hold on to a big lump like me because it makes it harder to go down when there's something buoyancy and bobbing around in the water. I'm not going to let you go. Guys, as we journey through this storm, we hold each other's hands. I think of the wonderful story and illustration of, of Elijah, uh, sorry, Elisha and Elijah. Elijah turns to the, to, to the next leader of the people and he says, I, I want you to, why don't you stay here? You know, you, you can stay here with this group of prophets and you can have a great time. But there was something inside of, of Elisha's heart, his, D, his DNA, which says this, hey, I'm not going to stay here. I'm coming with you. And what I, what I see as they walk through storms, as they walk through kind of tsunami kind of moments, what, what, I, what I see is that God honored the faithfulness of Elijah as he walked through the storms with it. So he honored the, the faithfulness of Elisha as he walked through the storms with Elijah because when Elijah was taken up in a storm and his mantle fell to the ground, guess what? The, the new guy on the block picks up the mantle, begins to wear it and has a double portion. God honors those that stick with people through the storm and gives them a double portion that they can inherit. I want to conclude this little point because I've got another three points to come. Is that all of a sudden we begin to realize that storms bring people together and we really begin to work out in the narrative of our lives that wonderful scripture where, where God says to his people in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. No matter how big this storm is, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Oh, but, I, but I've generated this storm myself, God. Okay, we're going to get through this together. This, this storm's been generated by somebody else who has created chaos in my life. Okay, Ian, we're, we're going to get through this together. Come on, there's some lessons from the storm. The, the, the fourth one is simply this. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked into the storm. If I begin to identify those growth moments, and believe it or not, I have had some growth spurts, even though I'm not very tall. But the growth spurts, when you, you realize that you've grown, and I've as I kind of look through the rear view mirror of my, my faith during my faith walk, I've discovered this, that the majority of my growth spirits, spiritually speaking, have been in those tough times. When I've had to dig deep, when I've had to really rely upon the word of God, where I've said, okay, God, I'm not quite sure whether this is true at the moment. I'm not seeing the evidence that I'd love to see. I'm not seeing the fruit of what I want to see, but I'm going to stand upon it. I'm going to stand upon every promise in this great book. Even if I don't see them coming into fruition at the moment, I'm going to believe that they will come into being. You see, I've always come out of a storm better than the way I went into it. Edges have been knocked off. Character has been shaped. Personality stuff that hasn't been beneficial to my family, to my marriage, and to my leadership of church, has been br brushed off, and I've been honed through the, through the storm. And I want to encourage us today that even though we are in a storm, we will come out of the storm better for it. You may not necessarily feel like that 
as of yet, on this occasion, the 8th of September 2019, you may not feel you're going to be better for it, but I prophesy into this house, you will be better for it. You really will. There should have been a bigger amen to it than that. You see, the storm changes the landscape of our lives. It creates some shift. Our, our mindsets are changed. Our heart conditions are set and changed. And we, we need to understand this. There's life the other side of the storm. There's life the other side of the storm. Even when we don't feel there is life, even when we think we're going to die in the middle of the lake or the middle of the sea or the middle of the circumstance, we feel like we're going to die in this moment. We need to hear this again. There's life the other side of the storm. And sometimes the storm gets us to that place quicker and gets us to the place the way that God would want us to, to be. So let's begin to journey through the storm. I love it. Because we, we have the, hinds, the wonderful privilege of reading scripture, knowing the outcome. Come on. Firstly, we know the start of it because it says, go to the other side. So there was a promise contained to that instruction. The storm hits in the center. And then as we turn the pages, I don't know about you, but I sometimes get a little bored with books and reading books. I always skip to the last chapter to see what happens. And we have the opportunity of turning the page to another chapter and realizing that they arrived at the other side and something tremendous happens. I want to excite your hearts this morning that there's something tremendous waiting for you on the other side. <laughs> something really exciting and oftentimes we abandon some of the things that we know are right because our circumstance determine those. And our circumstance, in a sense, speaks to our situation and our current reality. And we begin to believe that. But what we need to do is we need to begin to speak the reality of what's coming to our circumstance. I'm not going to allow this mess to affect me. I'm not going to allow the storm to get inside of me. The storm can batter and buffet all around me, but I'm not going to allow it to get in inside of, of me. In conclusion, that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> it just kind of gave you some false hope. In conclusion, Luke chapter 4 is the storm. Luke chapter 5, the other side, is revival comes to a city. Come on. Revival came to a community. When they have finally arrived at the place where they were destined to be and to go, there was a guy there who was demon-possessed. And he was filled with demons. I think in one of the gospel accounts, it says it was legion. Which is a number. It's a number of, of, of demons that were inside of it. And Jesus speaks to that little guy and, and speaks to him and casts the, 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 the demons out of that individual. And we, we know the story, don't we? That, that when Jesus cast the demons out, he then cast them into the pigs. And the pigs kind of went off the edge and into the sea, into the water. And we see this amazing thing happen. And then what we see is that this person who was completely out of it, 
His mind was crazy. His mind was screwed up. Everything about him was a mess. He himself was in a storm. But what we see is he, he goes before the people in his right mind. He begins to share his story. And the whole town was impacted by the deliverance of this individual. And sometimes we are more focused on the storm, but we need to hear this, church, that the storm is an indicator that that's going to bring some revival the other side of it. Come on, come with me. There's revival waiting on the other side of the storm. You see, what, I, what we see in this wonderful kind of context of in, in conclusion is simply this, is that Jesus begins to rebuke the wind. He says, silence, be still. Another translation says this, quiet, be still. In the middle of the storm, we can know what it is, what the psalmist records in Psalm 46 verse 10. In the middle of your storm, my storm, our storm, we can know what it is to be still and know that he is God. To know. That word to know has a dual kind of interpretation, definition to it. You can know somebody intellectually and you can know somebody intimately. So, so when, it, when the King James Version says this, it, it says that Abraham knew his wife. It was an intimate knowing. But when the, the Bible talks about people knowing their God, it, there's an educational understanding of who God is, but then there's an intimate knowing of who God is. And in the middle of your storm, our storm, we can be still. And we can know him. And we can begin to hear that wonderful whisper, peace be still. So whether your storm is health, whether your storm is physical, psychological, whether your storm is financial, whether your storm is emotional, or whether your storm is relational, we can hear the voice of our Heavenly Father speaking peace into it. You see, the breath of God is far more powerful than the breath and the storm. That word breath comes from a word which is ruach. I'm Cornish, or I won't spell it to you, all right? Just do it phonically, ruach. And I just want to prophesy into this house this morning that the breath of life, the wind of the Holy Spirit, is far greater than the breath of the storm and the wind of the storm because the wind of the storm had to submit itself to the breath of heaven. Come on, some of you haven't quite got that just yet. That the wind of the earth and the storm had to stop and submit itself to the wind and the breath of heaven. And suddenly, and suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. You ever been in one of those storms when you've just had to batten the hatches down? I'm talking about a physical, natural storm now. 
and everything has been blown around, tossed to and fro. But when the storm has stopped, there's a wonderful calmness and a freshness and a sense of cleanness, cleanliness that seems to dominate. I'm going to conclude with this. This is my conclusion because I'm going to close my book. The message translation, when it talks about and there was a calmness and the storm subsided, puts it in a wonderful way. The wind ran out of breath. I love that. And the wind ran out of breath. Whatever storm this church is going through, through the house of Nathan, whatever storm the senior leadership family may be going through because of the circumstance and the situation, whatever storm this church may be going through because of the, the consequences and the ripple effect of that, whatever storm you may be going through individually, the wind is about to run out of breath. It's going to run out of breath and there'll be a calmness in your life and you'll end up in the place where God wants you to be. Amen. Amen.